Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Get out your brooms. The most cliche way to start the show. Just the lowest hanging fruit. Penn State sweeps Illinois on the season. Three-peat of beating the Fighting Illini. This time, uh, the biggest game of the season because it was the biggest, it was the latest game of the season. 79-76 in the second round of the Big Ten tournament. Nate Bauer, our recruiting and basketball insider for hoops. Uh, dude, not only did they not play on the first day of the tournament, they won their first game and they're on to the next round. How long has it been since you've been in a position to talk about a basketball team doing what they're doing now? <laughs> well, not that long. I, I actually had this later in the show, but COVID disrupted what was an excellent season in 2019 and 2020. So yeah. it's not, it's not as though this is some right because the stat just keeps getting used oh it's been since 2011 and it's the longest drought in the big 10 since uh penn state has been to the ncaa tournament but uh, no there have been some some moments for for this team and for this program but yes at the same time this is a significant accomplishment it is a big deal to have yes beaten Illinois three times to advance to play Northwestern on Friday night. All, all of those things are, are nice uh, and, and good for, for Penn state basketball, but not nothing is more important than the end game of, Hey, these guys set out before the start of the season to get to the NCAA tournament. They were determined. They thought they had a special group. They thought they were in a position to win games with a, an unconventional style of play and they have they have by virtually any metric achieved that yeah Uh, you know so it's it's, uh it's a huge deal and and beating illinois was was the gatekeeper to unlocking that right if they if they lose to illinois uh like we talked about kind of earlier in the week it's a very nerve-wracking Sunday, right? Sitting mm-hmm. Friday and Saturday until Sunday afternoon for Penn State basketball. That would have been that would have been white knuckle time. But yeah. instead, y- y- you win. And, uh, you know, these, these were both updated this morning. Jerry Palm has Penn State as a 10 seed playing Sacra- uh, playing Iowa State in Sacramento. And Joe Lenardi at ESPN has Penn State as an 11 seed facing Kentucky in Albany in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So both of them, you know, these are kind of the foremost bracketologists, right? Yeah. Both of them have 
moved Penn State from that mix of bubble teams who were the last four in or the first four out into a a kind of secure spot of of being a seeded team. And so yeah. they're, you know, they're they're more or less going to be in the NCAA tournament barring something absolutely wild. And even then, I, I you know, I don't think that there's enough things that could possibly happen that would disrupt it at yeah. this point. So I did some quick math while you were talking, and I understand what you're saying about 2019. I agree with you. I think we don't give that uh, that team enough credit for what they had done. However, I did the math quickly. Two times in 12 years is still not a lot. Since 2011, two yeah. times, including the one that we're talking about right now that we're living, that is not that is not a lot of times to the NCAA tournament. So still a, a monumental accomplishment by this team. Um, and, and you laid it all out perfectly. Last night was a huge win for them. Um, what do you want to get into the game now? Or do you want to kind of get into more of the setup of kind of the implications yeah, of where we are? Well, let's just, let's just start by, by laying the groundwork of what, what else is happening, right? Because it's not just Penn state. It's what does the rest of the bubble look like? So yeah. on one side, Penn state really, I'm not going to say eliminated, but took most of the bubble bursting element of this out of play, right? Yeah. So Michigan uh, losing to Rutgers, Rutgers winning. Both of those teams were kind of in that mix of bubble teams. Uh, in the Pac-12, Arizona State beat Southern Cal. Uh, Oregon beat Washington State. In the ACC, North Carolina lost to Virginia. Clemson beat NC State. And Nevada lost to uh, San Jose State. So it was, a, it was a mixed bag in terms of other bubble teams, uh, mm -hmm. you know, kind of dying and or advancing. But... Like I said, they're they're just by by winning that game, it it puts Penn State in a position to uh, you know to to feel pretty comfortable, and now they can go into kind of the rest of the Big Ten tournament, which is which is very interesting to me. Uh, it, it allows them to approach the rest of the Big Ten tournament as okay, the stress of making it is more or less gone for the NCAA tournament. And now you can just look at it as an opportunity because there, yeah. there is no reason Penn State's already beaten Northwestern at Northwestern. And, uh, you know, the potential semifinal matchup is with Indiana, uh, possibly. So, mm -hmm. you know, these are teams that Penn State has uh, played well and beaten previously this season, um, you know. Maryland beat Minnesota. So, so basically if um, the, the winner of Maryland and Indiana uh, is who Penn state would face next, if Penn state got past Northwestern, like that's, you're not, you're not shaking in your boots about any yeah. of those matchups that you, you, you have to face with. Zach Eady. Like yeah. you don't have to face like a, a big, big that is going to cause significant problems. Now, yep. both of those teams can still cause you problems. Penn state's not, bulletproof by any means but i do want to get into the game a little bit here of yep. they finally are playing up to their potential of more than one guy showing up jalen pickett did not have a good game for most of the game and uh i tell cam winner playing good basketball is a status changer for this team like this totally. is this is unlocking a lot of different stuff for them yeah i, I don't know if i would say that I don't know if I would phrase it that Pickett didn't play well for most of the game. He wasn't scoring for most of the game, 
but he was setting up others. That, that's so, what I mean. Like he was not you know, putting, he wasn't putting yeah. a backpack with everybody on his back and, and carrying them uphill. He, he was yeah. doing a bunch of the other stuff. He had 41 points the last time these two teams played. So yeah, yeah to, to come out of this with 12 is, does not reach that level, obviously, but also had eight rebounds and eight assists. And a big part of those eight assists were Andrew Funk knocking down threes, Cam Winter getting to the basket, hitting that mid range. So when you've got when you've got a stat line that looks like Funk has twenty, Cam has eighteen, Lundy has seventeen, and Pickett has twelve, uh, you can very much live with that. And not to be overlooked, Kanye Clary was a real boost uh, for for Penn State's offense when. Uh, they kind of built that lead in the first yeah. half. So there, there were, it, it is a, it is a, uh, it's a complete team and it's important for them to be a complete team when, when they're yep. not a complete team, their potential diminishes greatly. But yeah. if, if everybody's going and it, and it's not, it's not some wild, you know, hope like a wish on a prayer that this is a Penn state team that can have everybody going at once. They are absolutely capable of doing yeah. that. It doesn't take right. Like all the stars aligning for, for them to have that. But yeah, when it does, it's, it's uh, it, it's very potent and powerful uh, in terms of their ability. Yeah. The, the first half. And I know that uh, even I've done this of Penn state living and dying by the three throughout the season. But when I, Looking at the way the offense operated in the first half against Illinois, they weren't shooting the ball particularly well from three, but you have guys creating their own shots. And and Winter, and I know you've talked about this aspect of, of his game and, and Clary being a part of that conversation as well. Those guys creating their own shot and getting some mid-range looks that aren't terrible, that's huge. Yep. Like That creates yep. a, a third dimension to the offense that Penn State has not consistently had, but they have in this winning streak five or six games. So yeah. it's the you know, I, I'm I'm really impressed by their ability to evolve this late in the season. It is it is going to be, and I'm I'm like spoiling future stories, but it will be the story of Penn State's season that Micah Shrewsbury and his staff figured out Camp Winner. That that will yeah. be that will be the story. Is they brought this guy in and he was an excellent mid range basketball player, joining a program that prohibits mid range, <laughs> mid range shooting. <laughs> like yeah. he is a scorer. That is what he is there to do. That he he is a dynamic scorer who, whose game aligns. It just so happens with the worst shot in basketball. But <laughs> but yeah, when you open the door to a little bit of wiggle room. And Micah talked about this earlier this week on Monday. He talked about it when you open the door to, Hey, you do what you do best. You, you be you and take the shots that you're comfortable with, that you are proficient with, because look, that's going away. If cam's not hitting those shots, but he is, he yeah. is hitting those shots. And so it's okay for him to take him, but also, Nobody else is allowed to take those shots, <laughs> right? Like that, that was yeah. the thing that they were always concerned with was, okay, it's fine. It, maybe it's okay if can't take them, but if he's taking them and it filters out to Seth Lundy, where Seth Lundy is all of a sudden starting to, to beat guys off the dribble 
and pull up, right? Like you don't want Seth Lundy dribbling the basketball. You don't want him going halfway to the rim and pulling up for a jumper. So if yeah. you if you can avoid that, and that's what they managed to do, it, it has been a world of difference for what Penn State has been over these last three, four weeks. Yeah, it, because it, it provides what, it, it to me, at least what I'm seeing is it's provided a floor for when the offense bottoms out from a shooting perspective because teams are, are playing ball screens really hard. They are playing the perimeter really hard. And if you can... If you don't have the size, and this is where you don't have like a lottery pick player, right, that can blow by, get to the rim, and get the end one. But if you can at least get some points by threatening guys, pulling up, and shooting somebody, somebody, some element yep. of the offense, it creates this, you know, uh, floor to the offense where you're still generating points. And I know that that's been a problem at times for uh, other teams. By the way, you mentioned the Michigan and uh, Rutgers game. I, I feel like I have to do an apology tour to uh, the Penn State basketball team for they only uh, went on a nine minute scoring drought. Michigan, what was it? They went on a 19 minute scoring drought against Rutgers. A field that is, drought, yeah. That is insane. <laughs> That's nuts. Not, not great, Bob. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, other elements of this game, just to me, like just kind of talking it out here. Early in the game, I know that this is going to be a conversation as we get into some of uh, the post-game comments, but I am impressed with this team's evolution overall, and I know that he did not have a great game, but Keba Jai is giving you more now. And yeah. I, I said that a couple weeks ago, but it's really starting to show up. These freshmen, you know, the conversation in football is like, at this point, they're not freshmen anymore. They played a bunch of games. Yep. Keba has been working in the gym. It's clear he's fighting back. He's able to hold up more against Big Ten bigs. Um, the 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 foul trouble was was one thing, but they're having to work for it more down low. And I thought that was an encouraging sign. I don't know it's going to give you anything this year, but you and I were talking about encouraging signs for the future too. And like, sure, him turning the corner now. He's got a full off season after this. It is a very encouraging sign for Penn State. And if he gives you anything down low, it is a huge bonus that gives you that balance, another element to your team that you haven't had for most of the season. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that he's destined to be a dominant, right, like physical specimen of a big who's just bulky. That's not him. Yeah. He's he's athletic. He's he's uh, he's felt right? yes like, I, I just i think that that it's it's important to understand who and what he is but i do think that yes the light the light has turned on for him he's he's been able to do some things and to be honest with you it's uh there's a few things that i don't necessarily know all of the answers to right the one side of it is okay keba and mikey hen were more or less out of the game due to foul trouble right yep. so they didn't they didn't really play Right. Uh, Hen finished with seven minutes. Keba finished with 11 minutes. And so Penn State was playing small ball for the the duration of the game, just given this contrast in styles. You had a, a, an Illinois team that was determined. Absolutely. Especially once they kind of figured things out midway through the first half yep. of the, the key to Illinois winning this game is just going to danger all day. Just yeah. give him the ball get inside and one of two things is going to happen. Either he's going to make the shot or he's going to get fouled. And either yeah. way, Illinois wins. So that was how Illinois took a 10 point deficit and got it into a one point deficit at the half. And then obviously eventually took it to a six point lead in the second half. Uh, but also 
and this is, I'm sure people are wondering out here, uh, no Evan Mahaffey, right? No Evan Mahaffey who can give you some help there, not necessarily in the post, but yeah. he's a physical big body who yeah. gives you at least a little bit of size. And so that's mm-hmm. that's a question that and I have. as Rotational to, that, energy. Like, I think he gives you a little bit more quickness too. It, it depends. It depends. And the answer that I gave on, on, uh, on Thursday night to people that were asking is he has had issues. They have been dissatisfied with what he brings to the floor defensively. And yeah. that is, if you're Andrew Funk, you can get away with that because you're scoring 20 points and you're making yeah. six, three pointers. If you're Evan Mahaffey, uh, you can't do that. And, and really it's, it's the reason that Mikey had wasn't on the floor at the beginning of the season, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's just, there's a threshold to, Hey, these baseline, uh, you know, elements have to be met before we're even going to consider putting you on the floor. And I, I think my guess is that reading between the lines, that's probably what, was the case last night based on the preparation this week leading into that game. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You have called this team previously, you know, in their slumps in February, a mentally fragile team. Have they yeah. have they proven that they're not anymore? Because you mentioned the, the, the storyline, or at least the, the game script of this game. Get out to a 10-point lead, one-point lead by halftime down by six in the second half, roaring back to have a 10-point lead late that you don't quite seal the deal with free throws, but you still get it to where it's even, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a better finish than the three-pointer that goes in at the very end where it's really 79-73 and you have a six-point win. It comes down to a one-point game win, but it, it you know, you had yeah. a comfortable lead at the end. So yeah. uh, have they proven that they are no longer a mentally fragile team or are you still thinking that might rear its head at some point in a big game. I think that that two things are at work here. One is that they are I, I don't know if fragile is the right word, but it's almost like and Micah Shrewsbury had a comment. We don't have it pulled here, but it's like a it's like a sports car, right? That that is really high end. And the reality of those cars is they're extremely powerful but extra, need to be babied and fine tuned right? yes. if, if if you're not if you're not dealing with it, and, and in no way am I a car guy and or an expert on these things <laughs> neither am I but, this is a great conversation for two non car guys but, to have but I, I understand <laughs> at minimum I understand the the cliche of hey if you aren't doing all of the right things in terms of how you handle this product uh, you're going to find yourself in trouble. It's not like driving my Corolla, right? Yeah. Like that's not yeah. how it is. Part of the uh, love is that you got to get your hands dirty and get in there and get into the, uh, all the, the parts of it to, to but make these it guys a precision are, machine. Yeah, exactly. They're, and it is a precision machine and they're, they're guys who react and respond to different things. And it took him, I think 
most of the season to figure out what those things are, right? Mm-hmm. Andrew Funk, don't, don't scream at him. Doesn't work. Yeah, not, it's not going to happen. Cam Winter, absolutely the same thing. Like these are these are thoughtful guys. They're not necessarily built the same way that John Hara was. Right? You could yell at John Hara, even though there was, you know, not often many reasons to do so because he was right. always bringing that intensity himself. It's just a different dynamic. And I think that it, it took Micah a long time this season and not through any fault of his own. He just, you, you didn't have that experience. You had so many new pieces into the program, eight newcomers in the program this off season with only really three returning guys who had played last year. So yeah, that balance of figuring that out it took some time. Yes. But also he's managed to unlock this other side of it, which is if you're doing all of the right things and you are handling these guys emotionally and, and uh, in all of the, the elements that, that make them what they are, guess what? You can get beneath the surface and get a very tough, willing, hard nosed team, even though they're yeah. undersized, right? Like even though none of the, some of those things that, uh, like they're not a bulky, like, I mean, you saw it last night. It was, it was so clear. It's not a big Illinois, 10 running game, right? It Right. And, and Illinois was playing basketball the way that Brett Bielema wants Illinois to play football, just yeah. knock it, bowling you over. And yeah. for a good stretch of the game, Penn state was susceptible to that. And it was right. But, but still they walled up enough. They, they stuck with it enough to get stops when it mattered down the stretch uh, and they kept, they kept playing. So, I mean, yeah. I, it was, it was absolutely a credit to them and this evolution that you've seen over the last couple of weeks of becoming transforming into a team that can keep it together and, yeah. and up their best selves late in games. And this is where we're going to get to a couple of clips here, back to back of talking kind of around those topics. Specifically, we'll get to Andrew Funk talking about the technical foul and, yep. uh, you know, what actually he thinks happened after that, which is something we've discussed a lot this season. Yeah, definitely. And, like, I, I think it kind of goes back to the earlier questions about how we're battling down low in the post. And, obviously, he, he got an end one off that play, but it almost feels like we get a little bit of break with, with the, you know, the technical foul and shooting two free throws. And it's, it's like we said again, just, like, using that momentum. And, and we know we've played in a lot of tight games as well as the other thing. Um, so trusting the guys around you to make plays and make shots. And then I think that kind of led into us really bearing down on defense, which was the bigger momentum swing. And, you know, we really held them, you know, aside from that last two minutes where they are kind of getting downhill, for, uh, you know, for shooting free throws and whatnot. Uh, we, we got some big stops that allowed us to, you know, kind of extend the lead. Three-point shooter talking about getting defensive stops and that being the catalyst for this team. Yep. Michael Shrewsbury had this to say uh, before that, but also kind of this is in the same thread of their new mental toughness. Just a lot of trust in each other. <clears throat> I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, we've been through a lot. We've been through a lot this year, and – highs and lows throughout and not just like the season and like games. Um, but there's a belief. There's a belief in each other that no matter what happens, we're going to stay together and we're going to fight. Like, you know, we're, we're undersized. Um, we battle, but like when the, when the game's on the line and things aren't going well, like this group is really, really tough at the end of the day, really tough. And 
we just continue the fight. We continue the fight. We continue the fight until the tide starts turning our way. That is not the that is not the description of this team uh, a month ago, maybe at yeah, the beginning of February. Yeah. So, uh, the, what do you make of of the playing through the defense and having that be the emotional identity of the team? Are are you buying that um, part for this for the way this game went? I'm I'm buying that he's that Micah has begged for that from this group and has had trouble wrangling it for a good portion of the season. But is that the key to this late season stretch? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's been a big part of it. I, I'm, you know, it, it's impossible at this point to narrow it down to one thing because so much of it has happened all at once. Cam winner being better is concurrent to them getting defensive stops and turning those defensive stops into success offensively when things aren't going well offensively. They've, they've still had droughts, right? They've still had yep. scoring issues at times this season, but Hey, here's what happens. You watch more college basketball. You see that everybody does this. <laughs> like yeah. everybody has scoring droughts. It's, it's a game of runs uh, cliche as that may be. But the thing that I think is so different is you couldn't have said that what Micah Shrewsbury just said about the game at Wisconsin in January, a three point loss where there were multiple opportunities to win or tie that game. You could not have said that about a 20 point loss at Rutgers. That was really within reach with 10, 15 minutes to play in the second half. You could not have said that about the game at Nebraska. Like there were, there was a consistency to that in that middle stretch of big 10 games that has since flipped. Uh, yep. Even even at Clemson, a game that Penn State came back and was able to to push into two overtimes earlier this season, uh, they still lost it. All, all so many of those close decisions, those close games that they had, either they were beating you by ten to fifteen points, or Penn State was losing. Yeah, <laughs> right. That has not been the case down the stretch. They have had these tight games that, yeah, they may be in the five to to eight point window on the final score, but have been in doubt with two minutes to play. And Penn State has transformed those prior losses into wins down the stretch. And I think it's really freeing. It's because now you see it. You You see them playing with that confidence. They have a belief that they can make plays when it counts down the stretch. There's no hesitation. There's no fear. You've got Miles Dredd shooting again. Yeah, like I mean, remember that? (laughs) Uh, You've got you've got Cam Winter taking shots, feeling comfortable. Andrew Funk pulling the trigger. You name it. It's just it's it's just all there right now. Uh, And so I I think that they're they're still headed for more of these types of games. You can't expect to just walk through games at this point in the season, but it's where you want to be. It's the makeup that you want to have as you're going into this stretch of games. Yeah, veterans that believe in themselves and are playing together and, and all of the synergy of what you expected of this team. I have just a total aside here. I'm happy for Miles that he's he's getting his shot back. I'm also happy for all of the uh, announcers that have been calling him a three-point specialist and have been saying how good of a three-point shooter he's been outside the context of what's been happening in the second half of the season, which is he has been a brick. 
And I, you know, like, I'm just glad for the narrative that it is actually correct now, because listening to people say he's a great three point shooter, I'm like, but you got to kind of not look at his career average. You got to look at what's happening. And now it's all at least for the moment clicking together. So that's great for Penn State. And it's great for my sanity watching the games. Well, and and I mean, how do you say this other than his head being in the right place at the right time? Turned that game, and you you, yes. you ran the the Andrew Funk clip, but that really upended what had been <laughs> all momentum for Illinois at that point in the game. Yeah, uh, Illinois was just kind of rolling. Danger was obviously feeling excited enough to to inadvertently, obviously headbutt Miles Dreb, but it turns into really a, a 7-0 run on the backside of it, like immediately. Yep. And and so that that turned the game and it, it got into a little bit of a back and forth, but then Penn State made plays down the stretch. Yeah. And he's been good as as a five. <laughs> you know, he's been good as a five defensively for this team. Um, I, I took a little bit of time just watching him and Danger fight together down in the post and like his his initial like he does a lot of things really well that you want a big man to do when 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 Danger's trying to set up and, and get set deep. And he's pushing back and he's got that beef behind him to actually push back. You know, like he does some things good defensively that you don't see. Uh, but, you know, the 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 complete game and everything that you expect of Miles Dredd, it, it's good to see it all come together. And it's, you know, you mentioned all of the parts of this team clicking at the same time. It They have an unorthodox way of being difficult, um, especially. Yeah, here we go. With booty ball. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, we buried the lead here 28 minutes in and we haven't even talked about the cat fighting in public that we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So let me I'll I'll set it up here uh, okay. after the game. Uh, Brad Underwood and and you sh- you should just run this clip. But let me, in fact, do that. Let Brad yeah. Underwood talk. Let, let he, You can't do it better than this. They go to, uh, you know, booty ball and, uh, you know, it's really, really hard to guard. And, uh, you know, when you can keep the possession of the ball for 12, 13 seconds, 10 seconds, and just keep backing up and you have no recourse in how you guard it because you can't touch them, um, it becomes very challenging. And, and uh, if you double, uh, he sprays it. So, you know, they have the rule in the NBA that eliminates that, uh, but they don't in college. So he is arguing that, and Illinois players were arguing in the postgame, that they can't touch him, okay? Mm-hmm. Which is, okay. from from this perspective, and given the season that Pickett has had and the complaints that Penn State has had, obviously we're, we're in it, right? Like, we're paying attention exclusively to Penn State. And so yeah. I do think that if we're being honest, there can be at times a blind spot of, oh, well, Pickett's get fouled all the time and never gets a call. It's probably closer to the middle, but on the other side of that, listening to Brad Underwood complain about this uh, and Hawkins complain about this in the post game was like, what? Yeah. Da- Especially given the nature of that game. Dangerous da- 260 just- <laughs> pounds and basically runs through people as his offense. And uh, Penn State's bigs, if you include Miles Dredd, had uh, t- uh, 12 fouls between the three of them, right? Somewhere in there. Like, I think they all ended with four. So that's uh, a yeah. lot. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's, what are you talking about? What are you yep. talking about? That's, that's exactly yep. 
uh, and this is what my, uh, Micah Shrewsbury had to say in response to Booty Ball. Just taking advantage of what we're allowed to do, right? Like, we've been doing it all season. That's all he's doing is playing basketball. You could say, like, yeah, he's got the dribble and he's backing people down, but, like, they're playing booty ball in the paint. Like, they're doing the same exact thing as us, just from a different position on the floor, the way they were posting Danger, the way they were posting Hawkins in the middle of the court. We just choose to start it in a different area. So, um, I don't know. He's a good player. It's hard to stop. It's hard to deal with. Uh, that's why he's an All-American. The, the, the joy on his face talking about that, uh, you know, I know that we're, we're doing it on the podcast here, but he, I think, delights from the, uh, the frustration that this causes uh, the other head coaches. Like, it seems like that, that was a bit of an enjoyable thing of like, yeah, we won the game. I don't care. Yeah, it's it's it is it's just it's just a point of I, I don't think irony is the right word, but it, it's like hey, if if you were a an unaffiliated observer of that game last night, you had no rooting interest yet, you, you weren't covering either team, and you were used to watching basketball, college basketball outside of the Big Ten, yeah, you would have watched that game and thought to yourself, Illinois their strategy is to foul. It, it is to play defense in a fouling nature so much so that you are forcing officials to make calls. It, I mean, it, it is literally football on the hardwood. <laughs> yeah. And so you're like, if, if that is the, the mindset and the perception of what that game was last night was Illinois just being super physical, super aggressive in every realm of the game, which is fine. Yeah. If, on the perimeter as well. Like, there were a lot of perimeter. hand fouls and, and grabbing fouls on screens too. But if that's but if that's the case and that's how the officials are calling it, the Penn State has to adjust to it. Fine. All of that is is totally fine. Uh there there are qualms to be had, but overall, okay, you get the point. But to then come back and say, hey, this is a deeply unfair element <laughs> of college basketball. Your six four guard is playing too physical. Is playing too physical. <laughs> and there, and we have no recourse. There's nothing that we can possibly do to uh, to figure this out. And you, you know what? He's right. There is nothing that you can do because what Pickett does is either you're going to double him and that will leave open four other shooters. Somebody yep. will be open. He'll find them and he'll make the pass and they'll make the shot. Or you're going one-on-one, and yeah, Pickett's either going to get fouled, which doesn't happen very often, or more likely he's going to make a shot. He's going to take a yeah. good shot with space, and he's going to make it. So Early in the it, game, just they weren't falling. The, the, were the difference is early in the game, he was getting into those situations where he's kind of given a pullback in the middle of the key, and, and you missed a couple of them. And then they started to fall late in the game. So it was... Uh, um, it wasn't even effective until late in the game. So I think that's why there's a little bit of uh, sourness coming out of the end of the game for Illinois because it's like it was the last thing that happened even though the strategy has not worked for Penn State in the past. This strategy doesn't always work because when you space the floor and you have a defender that can defend Pickett and you plaster the, the pass, there's nowhere to go. Like It is also something that has been defeated this year. It's not like this is unguardable. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, look, Pickett, Pickett's been great, and he does yeah. create a, a matchup problem because if you put somebody bigger on him, he's fast enough to, to get around him. He's fast enough to make a play to the basket. But if you're putting a, a, a same size or lesser size guard on him, yeah, he's going to do what he wants. He's going to, because physically he can do that. So it's, it's interesting. And it's also something that if you didn't know the context, Underwood complained about this after the 41 point game. He, mm-hmm. This is, this is a carryover of, well, the, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing that we can do. And so it is what it is, but um, you know, for Michael Shrewsbury and for Penn State, it's it is what has delivered them the success that they've had this season. They're just gonna keep doing it. Yeah. So the success they've had is as we start at the top of the show, being in the NCAA tournament. Like they're in. Um, so what is the going forwardness of this where they play if you're listening to this uh before they're they're playing tonight at six thirty on BTN. What's what's to come for this team? I think a competitive at minimum game tonight, if not a win over Northwestern. Um, like uh, I kind of touched on this at the beginning of the show, but they can play freely and, and maybe they don't even want to, I, cause I, I was actually considering how, how to frame this. It's like, okay, they've gotten to the NCAA tournament. Now they can take a breath. I don't think they want to take a breath. I think that they realize and recognize that, the pressure has had them somewhat on edge over the last three weeks, but that has been a good thing. It hasn't been all consuming, which was a problem. I think for them earlier in the season was that they were living and dying by every single thing. Well, once they ran out of chances with that Rutgers loss, they ran out of chances. And so it turned into, okay, you got to win now. there, There are, there is no more, no more options. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so they, they have used that and it has spurred them on. And, and now they're playing like a team that believes it has the formula to beat anybody. Right. And that's, that's mm-hmm. the key here is that there's nobody in the big 10 that they feel like they can't play with. And that includes Purdue based on how they played the first half at that Palestra game. This group is together. We're smart. We're tough. Um, I love this group. I, we want to keep playing here. I'm not going to put anything in front of tomorrow's game. Uh, tomorrow's game is the most important game of our season because it's our next game. And that's we're going to play as long as possible, man. I'm having fun. I'm having a lot of fun coaching these guys. I think they're having a lot of fun. They're having a lot of fun playing with each other. We want to go 1-0. and Yeah. Win the next game. The 1-0 and mentality. Familiar. I don't know if that was a good James Franklin or not, but uh, that was my best shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been a uh, an interesting pivot and something that has worked. It's worked for Penn State basketball, and let's be honest, it's worked for Penn State football as well. Yeah. So, well, uh, we've That's got it. a game. We've got a game tonight <laughs> at six thirty. Uh, we may be back for a quicker podcast. Uh, after that on Saturday, see how the, the wind blows, see what's going on there. Um, yep. But then, of course, um, Nate and I will confer about what we're going to be doing for Selection Sunday and, uh, you know, have have uh, some coverage of Penn State basketball in the dance, in the big dance, Nate. Here we are. It's only been since I was a senior in high uh, college and then uh, 2019. 
So I, it hasn't been that, that long. I just have to say, and, and this is in no way a, a boast, though I recognize it may sound like one. Our first podcast for this show, I said that they would go to the NCAA tournament this year. You did. Right. That was before they started playing games. You also and said I they'd said, be a historic three-point shooting team. I remember that for Penn I, State. I, I did say that as well. And I, what I will say is uh, I mostly just feel great about that prediction <laughs> based on the fact that it looked very much like I would be wrong. <laughs> I was just thinking about that the other day. Like three like... <laughs> weeks ago. Nate's got to feel good about this five and six, uh, f- you know, five wins and six games because they pulled it out of the fire to make you uh, correct about that. It, yeah, because I was I was starting to look very, very wrong uh, <laughs> in, in terms of what they were they were going to end up doing. It looked like the naysayers who were arguing that this was a team that could not compete against size. We're mm-hmm. going to have the upper hand and uh, I, I feel validated that uh, that they have they have managed to to put that out there and have the answer. They do. They have they, they have the formula. They have something that can compete, and they're going to keep doing it. So and we'll see. let's let's be real, Nate. They uh, the reason that they have done this, the reason they've gone through this gauntlet, through the fire, like a phoenix, have risen and are now an NCAA tournament team, is to give you message board ammunition. That totally. that is why they've done it. I want to make sure that you have a bulletproof defense to say I was right about my prediction. Yep. They they knew that I put my reputation on the line and wanted to back. No, I'm kidding. But in any case, <laughs> it certainly it's good for Penn State basketball. And we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll catch up with uh, with everyone after what happens next, which is yep. Northwestern tonight. So. All right. So hopefully you're listening to this when it comes out. We are uh, recording this in the morning on Friday. If if not, this is a, a glorious send off into whatever happens after the game. So as always, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. That is Nate Bauer. This is the Penn State Blue White Illustrated Hoop Show. We will be back sometime in the near future. Stay tuned. Always subscribe to where we get your podcasts so you don't have to worry about our frenetic schedule. You'll just get the podcast when it comes out. We'll talk to you then.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.